Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. He is the voice of the Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. You can doubt the Chiefs. You can dislike the Chiefs. You can disrespect the Chiefs. You're going to have to deal with the Chiefs. With an iconic touchdown call that echoes throughout the kingdom. He will walk into the end zone. Touchdown, Kansas City. It's 4 o'clock on Monday, which means one thing. Mitch Holtis joins Dot on the drive. Hey, how about that? Very happy right now to be joined by Mitch Holtz, his voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. His appearances are brought to you by Silverstein Eye Center. Achieve your best vision and experience outstanding patient care at Silverstein Eye Center. Mitch, there's a lot to talk to you about. You missed your first game a couple of weeks ago. Brutal. How that went, yesterday's game, the penalties, the officiating. There's so much to talk about. Me and my Tech 9 coat. Look at you. You're looking very stylish Nine. Now, Tech 9 set me up. So I think he sent one to Pat Kels and me. So I appreciate it. Shout out to my man, Tech, Red Kingdom. So yeah, I, got, I got some cred today. I never know what to expect when you come in studio. Let's start with this. Are you surprised that Patrick responded in the way that he did? He no. is maybe the most composed person that they have on the team. He had no, a meltdown I, in a way yesterday. Well, I, I wouldn't call it a meltdown. It might be a boil over. Um, I just think it's a lot of... He stayed silent. He stayed silent. He stayed silent. And I felt like he thought he needs to get his message across. Here's what, if we're going to, I don't want to talk about officiating in this whole segment, but since it's dominated the conversation all day, here's my concern. The offside on Tony is defensible by the officiating crew. Okay, I think that's probably been determined. However, it overshadows about six to eight other instances that would be harder to defend. And let me just give you a few. One, they misspotted a punt where the punt goes out of bounds. You ever see, like, the side judge or the back judge waits because the white hat, because he can't, the, the side judge doesn't know where this ball's going out of bounds. He's looking straight up. Well, then the fight breaks out, so the dude leaves his spot. He throws his hat down because Buffalo's got a guy that goes out of bounds and comes back in. Then, instead of waiting for where Cheffer says, the, where the punt goes out, he goes running up to break up the fight. They don't know where to spot that punt. The Patrick Mahomes, oh, it's an incompletion. Oh, it's not. Or, no, it's a fumble. Let's review it. It's an incompletion. How do you call that a fumble? And here's what happens on that play, CDOT. Both Buffalo guys and Chiefs guys, it's a continuous play. So Creed Humphrey runs 20 yards up the field to try to tackle the dude. And that's how you get guys hurt unnecessarily. Like, I don't know how you defend that call of, oh, that's a fumble. 
Because then they review it. I imagine New York's like, what, what are you thinking here, boys? The neutral zone infraction against Chris Jones. What? What did we do there? Did he flinch? Did he jump into the neutral zone? No, we're seeing that called against the offensive players all year long. Spencer Brown kind of tried to sell it. So there's just a whole bunch in this game that are going to go by the wayside because, oh, no, we got the offside against Kadarius Tony right. What's your, I guess, understanding of what Tony's supposed to do? Because it seems like there's a lot of controversy about whether he looked to the official or whether he didn't look to the official. At first, Andy said he did, and then Tracy Wolfson. It's, it's, it's been a lot. What's your understanding of what Tony's supposed to do in that scenario? What's his responsibility? Here's what I have seen through the better part of 30 seasons in the league. The X receiver who's on the line of scrimmage, the X receiver, now, KT doesn't always play a lot of X. Any X receiver will look down the line and point at the official, either the down judge or the linesman, depending on who's on which side, and say, am I on or am I off? The official will usually say, on, off. You need to move up or move back. They'll, they'll tell you. What Coach's point was, and I think it's a really good one, and this happens all the time, is 19, hey, 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 hey. Back up a bit, 19, because it's not any advantage or disadvantage to the defense when you're a split receiver like that by yourself because the, the, the defense knows you're an X receiver. You're on the line of scrimmage. So you're not gaining an advantage by lining up a half foot forward. And so usually the official will go, hey, 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 19, back up a bit. Or tell coach, hey, 19, get him to back up. 19, back up. Okay, now it's different. Well, they'll call it right away if you cover up an eligible receiver. Let's say the tight end and the wide receiver line up on the same side, and the wide receiver doesn't line up and off. Okay, you're cu- now you have deceived the defense. That's why they automatically call it. They won't warn you on that play because the defense can't really tell who's eligible and who's not. So the defense might line up in a way that they shouldn't because the tight end's ineligible to go out. So they automatically call it. You see it all the time, illegal formation. But if it's a single-side receiver lining up as the X, many times they will say, hey, 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 back up a bit because there's no advantage-disadvantage in the play for either team. You called it a boil-over. How much do you think the anger— I wouldn't say a boil-over. I just think it was a buildup, maybe. Yeah, and uh, how much of it do you think was directed toward the officiating? How much do you think it was just frustrating in how they're playing? This team has lost four of its last six games. This offense has scored less than 21 points in eight of its games this year. This offense is not performing to anybody's satisfaction. And usually at this point in the season, we are we are two weeks away from Christmas you normally are feeling like this team is starting to play with a little bit of momentum and starting to figure some things out. It doesn't feel like that right now. How much of it do you think was in that individual moment directed towards the call? How much of it do you think is frustration with the way this offense is played? I think it's more toward the call because we're not done yet. Everybody acts like it's done and that they can't fix it and maybe catch fire this week against New England. I think that's where Patrick's head is, is, okay, it's continuing to we're pulling this rope here. And this is a hard pull. But I don't think that's what kind of got it over the edge. I think it was more the calls, and not just that call. I think it was a series of calls that he stood silent for weeks and and finally just had to let it fly. So um, I think it was more about the officiating than 
He's, he's trying to fix the offense along with everybody else. Right now we're talking to Mitch Holtz's voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. Just from gauging calls that we've taken today in the text line, I think fans are mostly frustrated by the fact of it feels like a broken record, that we have heard Andy and we have heard Patrick talk about we got to execute, we got to execute. Well, the penalties continue to remain an issue. Turnovers continue to remain an issue. A fumble yesterday, a ball batted the line of scrimmage that turned into a turnover, a costly penalty that wiped one of the most exciting touchdown plays in Arrowhead history off the, off the board. I think a lot of the frustration amongst fans are, we've heard you say this, Usually, your actions are backing it up. Like I said, normally at this point in the season, you're starting to get it. I think a lot of fans are maybe upset that these words seem a little bit empty and a little bit hollow, that the problems that the Chiefs keep identifying that they have, we haven't really found many solutions to any of them the first 13, 14 weeks of the season. And that goes back to my point that it's not done. I mean, there's not that this book isn't finished. They're not closing it. And I understand... I mean, I've called all but one of these games. And so, yes, there's something that throws the train off the track, whether it's a hold. Uh, uh, we have Rashi on the night, and he had the fumble near the 50-yard line. Now the Chiefs come back to end up scoring in the next possession. But it's – yeah, there's stuff that keeps reoccurring. But I guess I have hope and enough belief in Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, Matt Nagy and others that – I don't think, and maybe it's a false hope, but I don't think it is, that it won't continue, that this thing is going to hit positively, that they will have um, a game where they don't have the, the play that takes them off the track. What, what is apparent is this year, and we know this, is the margin for error is slight. It just takes one hold sometimes to throw off and turn a touchdown drive into a field goal drive. We saw it again last night. So it's just a matter of... The screws have got to be really tight this year because the margin of error is slight. I'm really, really curious to see what kind of fight they have against the Patriots. Rob and I were just talking about this before you got here. There haven't been many bad days, I would say, during the Patrick Mahomes era. They got thumped that one game on the road against Tennessee where they were never really in the game. The second half against the AFC Championship game against Cincinnati, losing in the Super Bowl. Like we can point to, there have been some some low points through this, but for the most part, things have been great in Kansas City over the last five years. Yesterday was one of those bad days. How they handled the call on the sideline, Mahomes' actions, the press conference, the loss at home, four out of six. I would say that yesterday was one of those bad days. They got a month left to do what you were talking about. They got a month left to figure it out, get on the right track, get to the playoffs, and see if you can turn this thing around, so to speak. And win the division. That's got to be – there has to be more of a discussion about winning the division. Just because we've won seven in a row, oh, it's no big deal if you win eight. No, it's a really big deal, especially since Denver's right there. I mean, they are now knocking on the door. Win this division. And that means, going to your point – but that means a very keen sense of getting it done this week against New England and taking this week by week. I think they'll come out blazing against New England. And I think there's enough data there of six years of Patrick Mahomes and 11 years of Andy Reid to you would have to really argue against me otherwise. I'll be stunned if they don't come out flying against New England. That's where I am. I'm really curious because every time that they have faced this level of adversity, for the most part, they have always responded effectively. 
whether it was the second half against uh, Cincinnati, they turn around and win the Super Bowl, whether it was that loss against Tennessee, that was kind of a spark for them. The Patrick Mahomes injury, once he came back, they went on a run and went to the AFC Championship game. Anytime that this organization has been faced with adversity, they have instantly turned that negative into a positive. I'm really interested to see if they can do that one more time with everything that's happened over the last month, month and a half. And the challenges there have been also to try to get this fixed in playing really good teams. But two, the dynamic that you have. Buffalo had two weeks for that game in December. It's even different than October that the Packers had 10 days. The Patriots have 10 days for this game. It's like the Chiefs are trying to figure out how to bid their or a hand, but they're like, we're not going to give any face cards to do it. You better get four of a kind with sixes. That's what it feels like. Now, that's not an excuse. That's just a very real thing. Spag said that Green Bay showed things he hadn't seen. I think Buffalo, especially defensively last night, was doing things they don't normally do. They're 26 in the league in the amount of times they blitz. They were the first team to basically pay Pat, play Patrick Mahomes in 21, the way everybody's been playing him since then. They blitzed last night, twists, turns. They put in new defensive stuff for this game and had two weeks to do so. Now you got Belichick with a good defense who's got 10 days. So to fix this is going to take even two steps probably because you're dealing with that dynamic and you can't ignore it. It's not an excuse. If we're going to talk analytics, that's an analytic. The fact that I'm getting two weeks to prepare for the show and you're getting four days. It's a major reason why I picked Buffalo to win the game. The fact that they were coming off a bye week and they are just a healthier of the two teams. I think the Chiefs win that game if they have Isaiah Pacheco yesterday. One thing that we talked about on Friday was this offense has three explosive offensive players. And if you're going to remove one of them, you needed one other player to step up and have a really good day. You needed 75, 80 yards from another player. I thought Clyde was fine. Kadarius Tony actually wasn't that bad yesterday, aside from the penalty. But this team, they don't have enough explosive parts. And I know it's football. It's next man up. I don't know if they have that next man up that can give you the 25-yard physical run that can really galvanize the team the way that Isaiah Pacheco does. I thought they really missed his explosiveness and what he brings to a team yesterday. I'm going to tell you what he brings. Now, we also saw the impact of Jarek McKinnon. And when he misses those games, like the Packer game, and he's out, that's a big deal. To take him out of the third-down two-minute equation and how he can affect a game positively, we saw it last night. And hopefully he's going to be up and running for the rest of this go uh, ahead of us. But Isaiah Pacheco in the AFC has 58 first downs going into this week. He was third in the league. Tyreek Hill is one. Two is Travis Etienne. Third is Isaiah Pacheco. So to your point, you take Tyreek Hill out of the Miami lineup, looks a little different. You take Travis Etienne out of the Jacksonville lineup, looks a little different. Even Keenan Allen's on that list down there. So that, the point is, Isaiah Pacheco has a huge impact on this team. And so hopefully they'll get him back sooner than later. We have one month left in the regular season. What do you want to see from the offense? I mean, this defense has played pretty consistently. Only one team has scored more than 24 points. They didn't lose that game because their defense wasn't good enough. I know they continue to put themselves in early deficits, but if you're going to hold Buffalo to less than 21 points, that's a game you feel like you should win at home. What do you want to see from the Chiefs over the next month? 
it has to be almost playing pristine football. One, I saw some encouraging things last night. And when I reviewed the video this morning, first of all, Wanye Morris had a heck of a game, I think. Now, there's, he gets beat by Von Miller on the play that I was talking about where they said it's a fumble, but it's really an incompletion. But Wanye brings athleticism, and he brings an edge. He plays left tackle with the same edge that Tooney, Trey Smith, and, and Creed Humphrey do on those interior three. He Watch his block on the Jarek McKinnon touchdown. First of all, Trey Smith, who's his mentor, pancakes his dude. But watch his block on Greg Rousseau on the touchdown. Just go back and find it and review it. So that's a big positive with Wanye Morris. And I think moving forward, that will help. Because he will block to the whistle. And he'll get a second-level block either in runs or screens. His play on the screen that went to Clyde for 20 yards, go watch that play. He comes all the way across the field. That's his athleticism. So that was encouraging. With Rashi Rice, what I saw last night, including the touchdown, was tight window catches. If there's, We can talk about the drops this year. It's a pertinent discussion. But the tight window catches where the defender is there, but Patrick's going to put the ball in that quarter of an inch where it needs to be, catch him. The touchdown was a tight window catch at the back of the end zone. That was not an easy play for Rashi Rice. There was another one where he makes it on the sideline. I even called it on the air. I go, tight window catch for a double-digit play. That's what I'd like to see from the offense and then just understanding with taking the screwdriver and go, no penalty on this drive, no holes on this drive. We're going to get 75 yards and we're going in and get it done, um, much like we saw in the Raiders game once that thing got calmed down. We saw it in the Chargers game at home. Uh, we saw it in the Dolphins game when they had to have it early in the game. So, but having that be the norm, and because it's going to have to be a nine-play, 75-yard deal this year. It's just the way it's going to be. But just lock in and nothing to derail the train. No penalty, no drops, no fumbles. We're just locking in here double-double. You weren't here last week because you uh, were sick. What was it like to watch the Chiefs on television? It's a Wonderful Life, George Bailey. I was watching but listening because uh, I listened to every word of the entire broadcast, starting with the three-hour pregame. It was like being lifted out of my life. And very strange circumstance, very humbling. God has a way of humbling you. And, but it gave me a whole new appreciation for everything. When you do something for 30 years and never miss, and counting my other prior to the Chiefs, 43 years and never miss, you're so involved in it that to have a chance to back up and look at it from afar, it's like I'm hanging from a drone watching and listening. You get a whole new perspective. I went into that game and throughout the week when I was cleared out of, out of protocol on Wednesday with a whole different attitude. And it was one of appreciation of everything and every one that has to make this stuff happen because it takes a lot. The other thing, I was kind of exhausted going, man, the stuff I do every week over and over and over again, once you get in and you just roll with it, but then you get pulled out going, wow, God, I've got to run a 10,000-meter run every week. So there was that dynamic, but it was, it was not easy, my friend. 
I mean, I've told you before, I think the thing that like really stands out to me when I get a chance to listen is how much of a machine that you guys have and how precise it is. Like as someone that does this, and obviously very different skill set, but just the music hits at this time, you do this read, like it is a factory the way that it is. That like the fact that you've been in it and you had the opportunity for a night to just sit back and listen to how it is and like, I do this every, you know what I mean? Like, I, I do this every single week. It just had to be crazy. And I know, I know you, you're a really energetic person. This wasn't a week 18, they don't need it game. This was a night game at Lambeau Field. You might not ever call a game at Lambeau again. Who knows what happens? I know it was burning you up to not be there last week. It was way crazy burn up. It was, it was like the astronaut that gets taken off the flight, but you're sitting in master control. That's what it felt like. And not even that you're sitting at home watching master control on video but you're right it is a machine and like Danny Israel leading the way as executive producer there's so many people when I read all those names at the end of a broadcast and people kind of just blow it off I'm just telling you it takes so much and we're proud of it we think we're the best one in the league just just drive around a weekend and listen to Sirius you'll get every every league broadcast I'll put us up against anybody but it is, it's a rocket ship, man. And it rolls and it's tight and it's energetic, but it's it's there every week. And it takes a lot, it takes a lot of energy and effort to pull it off for everybody. Right now we're talking to Mitch Holtz. His appearances are brought to you by Silverstein Eye Center. Achieve your best vision and experience outstanding patient care at Silverstein Eye Centers. You get a chance to uh, bring Rasheed Rice into the belly of the beast today. He gets a chance to meet Weird Wolf and all the people that come out for Chiefs Kingdom today. I know you're excited for tonight's show. I'm really excited. First of all, if he gets a touchdown, he'll set an all-time Chiefs record for seven touchdowns by a rookie, and it's a pretty good list that he'll surpass. He's now tied with six. But I think, and again, it's a it's a matter of Rashi just tightening, and tightening up his game. Like the fumble yesterday was the thing that, that – uh, is his, is his mark against him. But there were so many green checks that were good things done. I just think he's on the verge of, of coming big time. Um, and he's so explosive with yards after catch. What we have not seen yet, Dot, is his personality. There's a lot of personality to that young man. And tonight, we'll kind of get that for the first time and let it, let it, let it hit. That is the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. Mitch Holtz is joining us in studio to recap yesterday's game against the Buffalo Bills. Mitch, it's always an honor to get a chance to talk to you and recap the game. Headed to Foxborough, man, and I'm telling you, it's a big deal considering what I talked about with the 35, first time 35 years a team, teams have had 19 extra days to prepare. The fact that the, the uh, Patriots get 10 extra days, but I told you, that game being reverse flexed to noon on a Sunday – could mean the difference for the Chiefs, even still getting the one seed, but winning the AFC West. Win the division. That's the battle cry now for everybody in the Chiefs' kingdom, or shouldn't be. That is Mitch Holtz's voice of the Kansas City Chiefs joining us in studio. Always appreciate his time. Coming up on the other side, we were joined earlier today by Patrick Mahomes. We'll play for you what he had to say about the officiating and what happened on the sideline yesterday. That's coming up. Keep it right here. So drive. This is The Drive with Carrington Harrison, brought to you by the De Pasquale Moore Law Firm. Remember, Mike's got this. If you missed any of the show, catch up on the Odyssey app or at 610sports.com. 
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Kansas City, it's Nick Bolton. Can I get a big old M-I-Z? You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. We got a little bit more time to take your calls between now and the top of the hour. 913-586-7610. So if you want to chime in and you don't want to use the text line, over the next 30 minutes is probably your best opportunity to do so between now and the end of the show. So instead of me telling you what Patrick Mahomes said earlier today or waiting until 515 to play it for you, You're in the car right now. You want to know what Patrick Mahomes said earlier today on our show about everything that happened on the sideline and his reaction to the Kadarius Tony play. So let's just do this. I'm going to play for you guys the best of it. I told Rob to go in the back, chop it, dice it up, and we're going to give you the best of what Patrick Mahomes had to say earlier today. Our conversation with him started with, take us through what Kadarius Tony's responsibility is on that play. What is he supposed to be doing? Yeah, I mean, in most in most uh, instances, um, they they usually just point to the ref and um, they the ref gives them they're good or they're not good, and then, uh, then you kind of move keep moving on. I mean, you just gotta know who's on and off the ball. Um, but uh, yeah, man, um, I, I guess I don't know. I didn't I don't I haven't talked to him, so I don't know for sure if he pointed or not or whatever that all that stuff's going on. I just know uh, that we got called offsides for it. So I mean, it's uh. It happens, man. It's the NFL. Um, stuff like that happens. You got to move on. Um, not every season is going to be the same. You're not always going to have success, and you got to learn how to get better from it. And uh, so, we still got four games left, and we got to do whatever we can to try to fight to, to win the division and uh, get into the playoffs. You mentioned going back and watching the film. Have you seen the video of you on the sideline? Have you got a chance to go back and watch that? Uh, I've seen a little bit of it. I try to stay away from it a little, little bit. I mean, it's uh. Yeah, I mean, obviously you don't want to react that way. I just, I mean, I care, man. I love it. I love, I love this game. I love my teammates, and I want to go out there and put everything on the line to win. Um, but uh, obviously, can't, can't do that. I mean, can't be that way towards officials or really anybody in, in life. Um, so, 
I probably regret acting like that. Um, but more than anything, I mean, I, re- I regretted the way I, I acted towards uh, Josh after the game because he had nothing, nothing to do with it. And um, so I, I was uh, I, I was still hot and emotional. Um, but you can't do that, man. It's not a great example uh, and, uh, for for kids watching the game. So uh, that that I was more upset about that than I was about me on the sideline. Yeah, I thought so, too, because I think there was some conversation that your frustration on the sideline was potentially directed at anybody on your team. I never thought that for a second. You could just kind of tell by your demeanor. You were just mad at the situation, mad at the call, and obviously mad that that was a big play that aided in you guys losing the game. Yeah, 100%, man. I, I just um, – it's tough when you play a hard-fought game um, and, and the game uh, comes down comes down to stuff like that. I mean, either way, man. Um, but it's uh, – part of it man it's part of the game um you just, now you just learn from it and try to be better from it be better as a person and uh be better as a player so it's uh um something that i'll learn from in my career um and try to be better the next time the situation arises right now we're talking to patrick mahomes quarterback of the kansas city chiefs for a few minutes when you go back and watch are you surprised at how mad you've gotten because i think a lot of people it was just i don't want to use the term out of character but normally you are just more composed in that moment than you were in those 30, 45 seconds. Are you surprised that you got that upset in that moment? Um, no, no, not really. I mean, uh, it was a big play in the game um, and uh, obviously got negated um, because of a, a foul. Um, so, I mean, it's uh, – I just I, – I, I, didn't, I didn't have a great explanation for it. Obviously, I'm not seeing the view from the sideline or anything like that. Um, and – I didn't even really know. I heard the call, but from where I was, you couldn't even tell what really happened, and I was trying to get an explanation and didn't really get one. So, um, obviously, uh, I've seen it, seen it now, and um, if, if he didn't, if he if he didn't check and they, they weren't they weren't good, I guess I mean it is a foul. It's just something that you just don't you rarely see called in the in, in the NFL, and so. Um, but it was a foul, so I mean it's uh it's part of, it's part of playing the game, man. You just learn from it, and part of being a person, man. You learn. Learn from your mistakes and try to be better the next time. I want to give you a stat here that you mentioned that it rarely gets called in the NFL. The stat was on SportsCenter yesterday. Andy Reid, as a head coach, he has been a part of 25,172 offensive plays. That is the first time that an Andy Reid coach team has ever been called for offensive offsides. So you say it never gets called. It literally never gets called for Andy Reid's teams. Yeah, no, it's a, I mean, you, you emphasize that stuff in training camp and OTAs and stuff like that. I mean, you just try to make sure you're on and off the ball and, and when you motion, you're not moving forward or there's no sudden movements. I mean, it's just stuff that uh, you have to you have focus on, I mean, your whole entire life. Um, but uh, obviously, in a big moment, it, it came up and arise as a problem for us. And uh, we just got to make sure that we, we go back to the fundamentals and, and try to make sure that we're good at those so that that stuff doesn't happen. What's next, I guess, related to this? Are you expecting a fine? Are you expecting a call from the commissioner? Are you expecting this to just kind of blow over like stories? Like, what are you expecting to come from this? Um, I mean, honestly, I don't know. I mean, I know usually when you're, when you're t- you talk about referees, that's not, not a good thing. Um, or you're saying stuff towards referees, and that's why I usually stay away from it. Um, because I know their job is hard, and, 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 and they're, they're trying to go out there and do the best they can as well. Um, but uh, whatever happens, happens, man. It's, I, you have to accept the consequences of your actions, um, and that's something that I've always stood by. And um, I obviously didn't act in the way that I, I usually act, and, and if there's consequences that come from it, then I have to accept those. That was the best of our conversation with Patrick Mahomes earlier today. He joined the show. I expect that Patrick Mahomes is going to be fined by the NFL later this week, whether it's Thursday or Friday. He had a pretty aggressive tone and actions towards the 
official and also the post-game press conference, I'd be a little bit surprised if he got out of this with just the warning. Now, I mean, how big can you make the fine for somebody who we think is going to touch a billion dollars over the course of their life? But it's a percentage of how much you make. This feels like a $20,000, $25,000 fine for Patrick Mahomes coming up later in the week. They certainly have fine players for a lot less than what we saw from Patrick Mahomes. I was talking to Mitch Holtzis. He was just on the show a little bit ago. If you missed it, check the podcast page, 610sports.com and the uh, Odyssey app. I do think that everything that we saw yesterday was probably a culmination of three things. You remember they had a controversial non-call last week on the pass interference on MVS. The Chiefs have a chance to win that football game. I think they do win the game if the call is made correctly in the middle of the field. That's pass interference. The call doesn't get made. We all kind of throw our hands up and say it's the human error. And I thought Pat played it very regal in that situation. Fast forward to this week, a penalty happens. You're mad, you're frustrated, and that is the biggest reason of why you lost the game. It's not the only reason why you lost the game. There were certainly other plays. Pat threw an interception. Rasheed Rice had a fumble. There were, there were other reasons of why the Chiefs lost the game. If you were asking me what is the number one reason, what gets the biggest pie chart, it is Kadarius Toney lining up incorrectly. That is the biggest reason why they lost that game. So I think some of it is the frustration of last week of that penalty not being called. Now we're going to call this penalty. I also think it's a culmination of, I think Pat has played it very low key over the course of this six weeks. And obviously if you have the fire that he has, the pride that he has about his team, about himself, about his performance, about all of those things, and you add it up, this offense just ain't good enough. And I think we've known that part for a while. And maybe, just maybe, having Patrick Mahomes alone isn't enough. I think this organization, with the way that they drafted, with the way that they've handled things, they got a little bit arrogant. And I think they tried to see how much you could skim off the top when it comes to him. Hey, we don't need to invest in these things because we have this person that can make up for all of it. I am here to tell you that you maybe pushed it a little bit too far. Rob, you know how when you're joking with somebody, you kind of know what their breaking point is. So you might kind of nudge them a little bit. But eventually, you poke just a little bit, and then they eventually blow up. That's what I think happened yesterday with the offense. How many times have we been watching these games and Tony Romo, after an incompletion, then tells you what the wide receiver should be doing? I thought it was pretty obvious on one of the incomplete passes, the MVS, that Pat Mouth, what are you doing? And he said it a little bit more colorfully than I can say it on a family radio show. I think it's obvious that Pat internally and sometimes externally is starting to get really, really frustrated with this wide receiver room. And when your wide receivers, once again, I would say undo the team's hard work. Their wide receivers are why they lost against the Detroit Lions. Their wide receivers are why they lost yesterday. If this team doesn't get the one seed, and that seems very unlikely, it will be because of decisions that they made along the way to not invest in Patrick Mahomes in that way. 
that investing in offensive linemen is great. I get it. You got to invest on right tackle and left tackle and having great. I, I get all of that. You gave him bare bone pieces when it comes to that wide receiver room. You miscalculated. You misevaluated what you had at wide receiver. I went back and looked at it. In April, they said that they believed that Kadarius Toney could be a star. They said that. They said that the sky was the limit. No. You were wrong on Kadarius Toney. You were wrong on Sky Moore. You were wrong on MVS. You were wrong on Richie James. You didn't give Patrick Mahomes what he needed. You have a world-class artiste. You didn't give him the tools that he needs. That's obvious. And I think yesterday's frustration, some of it was definitely directed at the officials. I think some of it is, hey, I've been cool this entire time. I got to let you guys know, everybody know how serious I am about this. And something's got to change. Keep it right here. It's The Drive. The Drive with Carrington Harrison, brought to you by the Deepest Quality Moore Law Firm. Remember, Mike's got this. Tune in every day right at 2 o'clock for your chance to win a free pizza. Free is my favorite kind of pizza. Listen and win right here on 610 Sports Radio. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Download the Odyssey app and listen to The Drive with Carrington wherever you are. Welcome back into The Drive on 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com and the Odyssey app. Coming up at the top of the hour, we'll get to the hits. We'll also play our full conversation with Patrick Mahomes, the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs. CDOT, this team should have kept Ish Smith-Marzette because I guarantee that he would have been better than our worst. He doesn't sound so bad right now, huh? Y'all got to let this Amir Smith-Marzette dream go. He has one catch for 14 yards this season on the Carolina Panthers. He has 12 catches for 145 yards in his career. I'm telling you, like Frozen, let it go. Y'all would be mad at him the same way. This is the analogy that I make. I think this is a really good analogy. This is what I think Brett Veach did with Patrick Mahomes. Some of you do this in your marriage and in your relationship. Man, I do everything I can. I pay her cell phone bill. I pay her car note. Rob, I'm good to her. I'm faithful. Hold on. There's other things that go involved in a relationship. Are you spending time with her? Are you communicating? Are you guys still going on dates? Are you still showing her that you care about her? Those other things are important. 
that's being a good partner too. Investing in the offensive line is certainly part of your job responsibility. You have neglected the players that he has to throw the ball to. You've neglected it. In free agency this year, you weren't willing to keep Juju Smith-Schuster. You then didn't replace Juju Smith-Schuster with anybody. Or you replaced him with Richie James. Richie James, who had one catch for four yards yesterday. Richie James has given you nothing this year. That was your free agent acquisition. We all knew that this was a problem. But hey, look, we got you a right tackle. That's great. That's great. I'm happy that you're bringing in a, a, you got a steady job and a paycheck. You're, you're, You're handling your responsibilities. You guys haven't gone out in six months. She's been trying to let you know, be more affectionate, communicate. You ain't been doing it. We've been telling you, hey, hey, this wide receiver thing, it's a problem. You guys should be, oh, nah, you know, we got Patrick Mahomes. We'll figure it out. Okay, I know. You guys maybe possibly should take a look at this wide receiver room. We got Kadarius Tony. We think he's, what? He wasn't the answer in Florida. He wasn't the answer with the Giants. Why do you think he's the answer for you? Did you? Did you guys see that punt return? He's the answer. Okay, all right. Brett, you got it. Hey, last year you had a rookie wide receiver in Sky Moore that couldn't get on the field. He had 250 yards. Oh, we got it. Okay, all right. If you guys think you got it, in Veach we trust. They got to this situation partly because they neglected to put pass catching options, and they believe that Patrick can make it work with anybody. Okay. And they saw that that was a bad strategy for this year. Now, I'm not saying you got to go crazy next year and you got to go spin. You got to trade up to number two to get Marvin Harrison and then you got to spin. You gave him dull butter knives to a gunfight. Look at who Buffalo has. We got James Cook. We got Stephon. He's got guys. He's got weapons. He's got pieces. You've got Kadarius Toney. That's problem number one. I understand. I get it. I completely understand the frustration when it comes to their pass-catching options. I get it. I get it. Someone on the text line says, CDOT, since you're so positive on who's not working, tell us who will then. New players in the offseason. You ain't fixing this wide receiver room. It's Christmas time. I'm here to tell you that Santa is not bringing the Chiefs a new wide receiver. Santa ain't fixing Sky Moore. He's broken. You need to to grab the receipt and go back to Walmart and get you another one. You ain't fixing Sky Moore. You ain't fixing Kadarius Toney. You're not fixing MVS. The only solution to their problem is in March next year, when they have all that free agency, you go get yourself a wide receiver. You had your chances. You struck out. I'm not here to be negative. But Christmas is two weeks away. Who's the solution? They ain't got a solution. Their solution is they're probably losing in the second round of the postseason. That's their solution. I'm not here to be overly negative. I'm really not. It's Christmas time. But that's the solution. They've lost four of their last six games. They can't score more than 17 points consistently. The solution is they lose in the second round of the postseason. And we're all mad at how they lost. That's probably how this season ends for the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm fine playing Brett Veach, and I like your analogy about the wide receiver room. Pat will do more or less. Pat will do more or less. 
Isn't there another culprit we can talk about? Why this one's so bad? Chris Jones contract. How often this summer do we talk about Chris Jones contract? We talked about it in April. We talked about it in May. We talked about it in June. And then in July, he didn't come to camp. And we said, oh, it's like Orlando Brown or Tyron Matthew. A few days, he'll be at camp. Then he didn't show up in August. And then he didn't show up in September for a while. Isn't the reason the Chiefs were handcuffed with their ability to add to the wide receiver room? Outside the draft, the draft is his own fault. But in one of the reasons, because they kept thinking, we'll get Chris Jones' deal done, and they didn't, and thus they had no cap space. Did they misjudge how the contract negotiation would go with Chris Jones to the point where they felt in May they were confident we'll get something done? That was the report right after the draft. And then June, July, August passed, and nothing got done. Were they potentially hamstrung by their star defensive tackle? Rob. They gave Jawan Taylor $80 million this offseason. This offseason. They had a chance to answer it. They chose to spend it on a, on a right tackle. Now, if you're going to say, hey, I'd rather protect Patrick Mahomes than go out and spend this money on a wide receiver, that is a very fair point. But I just feel like we are now using, oh, well, the Chris Jones contract didn't get done. You spent that money on something else. You had a choice. You could have got Odell Beckham. You made a decision not to go get him. You could have made these moves. On day one of free agency, you made a decision on what you valued the most, and you valued Jawan Taylor, who has 16 penalties for 110 yards. He has more yards than, than Richie James has. So whatever you've gotten from the wide receiver, Ben, that you got, and you waited to the very end to address wide receiver. You can't tell me they didn't have enough to go get Adam Thielen, who signed a two-year, $14 million deal. They thought they were good with the pieces that they have. They were wrong. They can be right in the future, but we don't have to now blame the Chris Jones deal when, we, when they went out in free agency day one before they did anything, and they gave out the largest right tackle contract in the history of the league. They would have been better off maybe going a little cheaper on right tackle and spending the money at wide receiver than what they did. Because I don't think they're getting $80 million worth of right tackle. Do you think they're getting $80 million worth? He has more false starts than any offensive lineman in the National Football League. He has more holding than any offensive lineman in the National Football League. So you can say they're picking on him with the, with the false starts. That's perfectly fine. That ain't got nothing to do with the holes. He has more holes than any other offensive lineman in the National Football League. So they had a choice. They, they were at a fork in the road on what their biggest need was in free agency, and they thought it was right tackle when they could have addressed wide receiver, and they chose not to. They are now paying for that decision. Coming up at the top of the hour, if you missed it, we'll play the entire conversation with Patrick Mahomes, quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll also respond to the loss yesterday against the Bills. Keep it right here. It's The Drive on 610 Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 